you are the product and you voluntarily consent over your digital privacy all the time. Welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Do you like to freely give up your data to people? We're going to explore that in today's episode. But first, let's dive into the quickie. Let's talk about the lottery, shall we? So I would consider myself to not be a traditional gambler. <laughs> Let me explain that. I think I am a gambler to some degree because I think anyone who are investing in the stock market currently pretty much be gambling mostly if you're into nfts and crypto at this point um, though the blockchain has been proven mostly bitcoin to be a, a reliable technology um, but there are a lot of kinks that need to be worked out with some of the other coins at this point i think it is somewhat like a, a a gambling process, right? Folks are just like getting started. So it's a niche market. Hasn't really found its legs yet. But back to the lottery. So um, I've been looking at the numbers recently <laughs> with with the billions, right? The B um, as the payout. Well, I guess before taxes. And I start to think and wonder. I actually sit there and just daydream sometimes. Not often, but when you see those the numbers climbing up to 1.2, 1.6 million, whatever it is, I'm sorry, billion. I start to think, wow, what my life would be like, not if I won that amount, what would my life be like if I just won $1 million? And I'm talking about before taxes, right? Pull it back, maybe it's 400,000 after you pay in federal and state taxes and whoever else needs to take their cut from the top. You know, maybe it's 400, $500,000 left. I'm like, damn, that's a good amount of money. I could do some things with that right now. Um, but I do find myself fascinating. Well, not fascinating. Really just diving deep down a rabbit hole of what I would do with the money. Because ultimately, that's what a lot of people think about. Um, it's always thought about like in two lanes. Like if I won, ready for this, just a million dollars. <laughs> I had like an idea and a plan in my head what I would do. But if I won like 1.2 billion and I'm left with whatever millions left over, like 400 or 500 million dollars left over, what would I do with that money? And I instantly said this, 80% of the winnings, granted this has to be a decent amount of money, meaning more than a million, but 80% of the winnings will immediately go away into an investment portfolio that will make me more money. Something that's mostly safe, mostly safe, because any investment is a risk there. But that's what I would think I would do with my money. I would put it in some portfolio, right? And take the, re the remaining 20%. This is, again, after all taxes and fees and everyone get their money, they're cut, everyone meaning the government. <laughs> I would take 
the remaining 20%, and that's the money I will live off of, invest in businesses, you know, friends and family, so on and so forth. But 80% will go away. I feel like that's opposite what a lot of people would do. They would pretty much take the 80% to spend and try to save the 20. No, I'm different. I'll save the 80% of it and spend the 20% over my lifetime. Um, and monks and whoever I'll leave it off to, you know, the next person can do what he or she desire with that money. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. Today's episode, do you consent? Do you consent? As I mentioned earlier, we voluntarily consent our data, our digital privacy to the web and on the smartphone through apps. We freely give our information away. Ask yourself this question. What is better to continue letting corporations collect microtransactions of data to provide more targeted information to us or to restrict information for commercial gain Important question I ask, and you know why later on in the episode. I thought about this in perspective of this idea came to me about QR codes. And I started thinking, do I consent to you? Do I, am I freely giving my information away? Yeah, really, I am. So think about it. Think about your previous restaurant experience where they offered paperless menu and you guys know how I feel about recycling and trying to preserve the planet by reducing our waste and footprint on this planet but there's side effects to technology and we know that right we, we, we understand that but in this case the side effect could be worse for you personally See, once you scan that QR code, there is a set of information that is transmitted both ways. <laughs> you are scanning to obtain that menu. And in return, the QR code vendor is receiving information on you. Well, it's not called QR code for nothing <laughs> the q stands for quick the r stands for response code quick response code it's legit great technology and it has like a bunch of different layers of how every qr code is de designed or developed i believe it's like a seven factors that are like included in that code and so when you scan that code information such as um, your location is transmitted over back to that vendor. What type of device you're using and how many times you've scanned that code. Now, to be honest, some of that may seem harmless. Maybe outside of the location. But it's developing a digital footprint for you. And so that vendor is able to collect information 
lots of information on your location. Certain locations are repeated, then there's a hot spot there, right? You can market or target more information there. Um, and it, it's, I mean, so when you think about it, it could be really a good and bad thing. And sometimes with the bad, you are with the good, you accept the bad, right? Or you take on certain levels of risk that you decide individually you're willing to absorb. But sadly, I think we are forced to participate. Because the information, again, is used as you scan those analytics. Those analytics is sold. And it's not privacy information as one would think it's personal information. It's just collecting information on you in general. And as I mentioned earlier, we are forced in a lot of cases to participate. So we are doing what? Voluntarily consenting. Take a different example. Now let's talk about cookies. <laughs> Not the chocolate chip ones or the edible ones. Those Samoas, those Girl Scout cookies. Not those. Not those. Those really tasty Damn cookies. Not those. Talking about cookies on browsers and or apps. And so as you're using that information or using those those services or product, you are the data. Companies will start to appeal to what you hear, what you're looking at. But in the background, they are selling your data and they're making money. <laughs> so you have a think to yourself, why a lot of these things are free? Well, it's a reason why it's free. It's because you are the currency, taking your information and using it and then selling it. It's not like a direct piece to it, right? It's always like a layered piece to it. Does it make you sad for always using your phone? Everyone do is doing it now, right? You go to your phone settings, and if you're using an iPhone, there are certain, there's a way for you to track your phone usage. And if you're using an Android, of course, obviously go into your settings and there's a way for you to track your phone usage. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we start to think about our time spent on devices. And I'm not here stomping to say, turn down technology. No, 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 because I believe in technology. But I am suggesting is that we become just more aware of our habits and how much of our existence is doing something. And so I'm really big champion on analytics. Like I love data and I love numbers and I love to understand the why through information. So for me, I would definitely, when I have done this, looked at my phone and sometimes I actually get a weekly report uh, that tells me I've used my phone five hours more than last week, or I've used my phone seven hours less than the previous week, right? I like that type of information. It keeps me going. And that's information all around us, right? Our sleeping patterns, if you have any type of electronic sleeping device that tracks or monitors that information, I believe it's all great. It provides us more information to help us. Now, what we do with that information, it's another deal. 
But for me, I like to be aware of it so then I can either continue down a path or help me change. So I believe there are pros and cons, obviously, to almost anything. But I really believe there are pros to, hear me out, the cookies. <laughs> so for a customer experience, for example, it is simply more polite and less likely to frustrate your potential lead if you give them the results up front. If they have taken the time to complete something, you give them what was, pro what, what was promised. If you add some compelling copy of the results to encourage them to move forward, such as opting in, it provides a warmer feeling, right? And so how many times you you opt in to get a free gift, for example, of anything, any website or whatever the case is, right? You opt in via email and you sign up for something just to unsubscribe that moment you leave. But with cookies here, by providing additional value for someone on top, so something free, you can enable greater level of trust and value. So I'm saying here, if websites or some of the companies are a little bit more honest on what they're doing up front, I think people can respect that, get behind it and, and be more freely willing to engage. But when these cookies on the negative side of it are tracking what you're doing, that's when it becomes a little bit not genuine. So cookies are, for those who are not aware, um, are small pieces of like a text that's sent to your browser by the website that you visit. And some of them now require you to accept, but you can still have the experience on some of those sites that allows you to either not have the cookies stored. But when you do that, it becomes, um, for example, if you do accept, you're allowing that site to track certain movements, right? And they don't really tell you what those tracking devices are or the, the method of what they're tracking. In some cases, you know, you can opt out of it and not have the cookies installed or tracked. There's a little piece of data that's sent back and forth. But in other cases, some sites don't even allow you not to opt out, for example. I shouldn't say not, but they don't give you the option, or if they give you the option to opt out, you can't gain access to the site at all. That feels like a trap. And I try to avoid those sites and try to get the information from a different source, if possible. Um, so again, you go to these sites and they track information. Um, the value, I guess, of it is that they help these websites or these cookies help remember your information about your last visit. So if you think about it in a positive perspective or positive lens, um, which it makes it easier. Next time you go to the site, there's less steps for you to log into. It remembers who you were the last time or where you were at the last time you were on the site. It can make your site uh, more useful and your experience more useful on that site. So what do you do usually? You would say, okay, this is a trusted site. 
I accept the cookies um, that I frequently, you know, use, whatever the case is, um, just so I can have a better browsing experience. Um, but tech companies have spent, in my opinion, hours developing content and features that are linked to provide your data or provide you with information. And then they disguise, you know, pretty much under the disguise of offering better services and experience. They on the other side is like, uh, oh, yeah, I'll take this information and I'll um, give you one, two, three, four. But in the back end, I'm pulling a hundred pieces of data points that I'm now able to collect on you and sell somewhere. Right. So it's a win for both of you guys. In some cases, in other cases, it is not. Right. You don't want to be tracked. You don't want your movement tracked. And so I get that as well. Um, for me, I think it's important to understand what these pieces of technology is doing and allowing people to opt in and opt out. And maybe you can opt in and out, out, opt out with, you know, maybe it's only for this one time visit or certain levels of information. It's not just a opt in all of nothing, opt out all of nothing. It's a maybe give me a little bit more control of what I'm opting in on, right? Maybe some toggle buttons to say, okay, I opt in for these four areas, but not these other 16. And the site tells me by not opting in for these other 16, I'm not going to be able to do whatever additional or have a better experience. And it's fine. I may accept that to be true. So I do think having a little bit more control of what our consent is will be helpful. But again, we voluntarily consent. Um, and speaking of that, I think about like the big tech sellers, right? Big tech selling your data. And we hear this all the time, right? Um, but it's, again, it's digital privacy in America. And this is, I, so I don't want to be too controversial here, but um, so we do know like in America, there are some states that have their own laws, but there is a lack of like a federal wide law, such as, um, you know, one governance, if you will. So that causes, and I believe issues in America with contradictory laws and policies, right? It's very inconsistent, but in, but the European union and in China, uh, both have established internet laws, right? And in particularly, you know, I didn't read everything here, but, you know, I did look into the Chinese law. Right. And I, I purposely did that because I had saw, I think I saw a video on how I think it was TikTok on the algorithms here in the U.S. is really like dancing videos and entertainment type videos. Um, but in China, the what's pushed out there. It's more like self-help technology. This is the video I've, I've seen online. Um, obviously, I don't live in China to know that to be true or not, but they push out certain information that is related to education development and, and professional development, personal development. But more in the States, it's more of a entertainment type of thing. You know, it's, it's dulling our senses, if you will. And so I, I decided, let me look a little bit more into the Chinese um, and how they govern over like app control, right? And so I think 
there is power. <clears throat> I really do. And value in collecting data like to help our shopping experience or to provide useful information on a particular issue or a topic um, or something that I may be experiencing, right? A health issue or a mental issue, which is also health or an, a physical issue. You know, something that's going on providing me information, I think could be super helpful. But then there's always the opposite side of that. Collecting information and in this case, particularly when it comes to consumerism and and, and so I don't want to dive too far into that, but I, 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 I would like to say that I think the United States can learn something when it comes to this particular issue from how the Chinese have implemented their data collection methods. So simply put, China curbs the data, the data collection for commercial gain. And that is very clear piece here. This is very critical and very important. And so I do plan to do a episode on consumerism. I really want to dive into that. Um, but I do think there's a linkage here where like we are a consuming nation. Hell, I think it's, we also quickly the globe is following and becoming a consuming globe, right? The, the planet is all about consuming things, consuming resources, consuming goods, consuming things. And collecting data that's specifically aimed at commercial gain. And I'm saying that specifically because I think here and lies the good and bad together. We can take information from websites and apps and provide us, you know, I may see a pair of sneakers and I, was, and, and I may not double tap or like or whatever app you're on that particular sneaker. But because I sat on that screen, now all this stuff is being tracked, right? Our scrolling methods are being tracked. The frequency, how far and fast our fingers swiped up and down to where we stop doing it. Again, it's an impression. I may not even click or do anything, but because I sat there for probably two seconds longer than I normally would or five seconds normally longer than I normally would, that particular site or app now knows I'm interested in whatever product that was on that screen. The metadata behind it, clear, clear and concise. I like this. So as I keep scrolling, guess what I see? More items related to that. Or when I log into the app daily, I start to see similar or the exact same site show up again. And you're like, well, how is that possible? It's very, it's very easy to understand. All of our digital footprint is being saved. The good is to give us a better experience, right? I do like those shoes. So keep putting those shoes in my face. Eventually I want to buy them. Consumerism. I am being pushed and fed something that I may like and will continue to get fed this until I purchase it. That is the, the good and bad of commercial gain 
as it relates to collecting our data. However, in China, by reducing our, well, I don't know if you can really eliminate it, but by drastically reducing the collection of data for commercial gain, companies are not pushing product to you. They may be pushing other things over there, but they're not pushing product to you. So I think there's value in that as well. Maybe I do like those sneakers. Back to that example. But yeah, I like them, but I don't need to buy them. And so if I don't see it reinforced daily, 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 week after week, I'm gonna forget about it and I won't purchase it. But in the US, because we don't because we do not have those controls in place, I'm seeing it over and over and over. And in my weakened state, I swipe my card and buy them. <laughs> and so I think that is a conundrum that must be reckoned with here in America. We, we really need a, a standard approach to how we restrict information online. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not looking for control or have some overreaching regulatory laws. However, I am seeking for like a better experience with less personal privacy invasion of my data. Um, there's one other feature, as I remember, that the Chinese law requires companies to obtain approval from the end user to collect, store, transfer, or reuse their data. Now, those are four elements. I like all four of those. I think there are additional elements that we can also dive into. They may become too overly restrictive, and that's why I think it's a nuance and, and needs to be really well thought out um it also helped protect kids under 14 which requires parental consent um so few little items like that especially providing consent and not for commercial gain i think it'll go a long way now granted on the other side that may impact companies in america but i think it's very important if we was if we were pushed less information about consumerism in our face. Um, so I don't consent where applicable for some items, to be honest. But for some of those topics or subjects that I do cherish, yes, I do consent. Um, so there's, like I said, there's big, big, big money in personal data or um, transaction data or impressions, right? There's lots of money involved in that. And the different example, so when you are scrolling like on Instagram or TikTok, I think I mentioned this earlier, and you, you see like an advertisement um, or a photo or video, that app is definitely tracking you and your choices you made, whether you, like if you click on those links and you decide to go down the rabbit hole of that link, then now they got you. They know exactly what your tastes are, right? I always tell people, avoid the Explorer pages, whatever it's called on whatever app you're using, avoid it. Um, if you're looking for information, excuse me, type that information into the search bar, read it, get off it. Don't dive into the rabbit hole. People have opinions all over the place. Kind of, so I think it's, 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 it's a good value and a best practice just to like stay away from the fray and the mayhem and try your best not to 
overly rely on someone's opinion on YouTube or a comment section on Twitter, right? Like I use Twitter and when I go to Twitter, it's because usually I want to hear or read comments on something that is usually live. For example, when there's a big football, basketball game or a big event or show that I watched on TV, there are times I go to Twitter and I just want to read what people are saying about that particular topic, right? Usually it's about sports or technology. Um, I kind of sort of keep it to those lanes, Elon Musk, because he's controversial. And sometimes I find it hilarious. I kind of leave it there. Um, I don't just scroll through uh, Twitter. I don't really. I just go to specific topics. And I really don't go too far in the comments. I just kind of sort of like to get the sense of what people are saying. Not exactly want to be persuade either way. And so there's big, big, big money in all of these tracking devices. Um, be mindful that, how can I put this? Like the, the personal data, you want to protect that as much as possible. But you also want to protect your impressions as well. Your history of how you use the app. Remember, what you are doing, every bit of those transactions and the, and the impressions that you're experiencing while on those apps or sites, all of it is being tracked because that information is golden for companies. And let's dive into those companies. <laughs> so the prize goes to Google in this case for being the biggest data collector. And to be honest, that really isn't surprising because Google is their entire damn business model is built on data, right? That's who they are. They're a software company. Everything is built on data, right? Pushing information out to you, right? I would say the best company for protecting your privacy is probably Apple, which only keep, keeps the data needed for your account. But don't be fooled. They are tracking information for you as well, right? They are understanding what you're using your phones for and to provide you with a better experience right so you could be so you could remain a customer of theirs right it's not no company is like an innocent in any of this right it's it's all all information is being gathered in some regard it's just not personal information or privacy information being sold um twitter and facebook both keeps more information than they really need to although <laughs> on Facebook, it's mostly data that you enter yourself. So that Facebook really created a a genius um, platform to collect information. And I know a lot of people don't use Facebook as much, um, but they have a lot of services that you do use, right? If you use WhatsApp or you use Instagram, using Facebook. So there's really no way around it. <laughs> to be honest, it's it's a massive company. Um, but you can protect certain information that you put out there and share with, with, with individuals. And I would definitely say you do want to protect that. If you haven't checked your settings, your privacy settings, you know, on Facebook, do so. Even if you like suspended your account or anything, it's still active. There's several steps you have to take to really rid yourself off of Facebook. And so go into your privacy settings where applicable everywhere. Um, to try to keep as much information from being shared as, as, as best as you can.
Amazon is also pretty good, I think, uh, from what I've read, at similar and being very similar to Apple and protecting your, your personal information. But you know, they are also tracking information to give you a better experience and send you more items, right? And so, or they push information or items to you based off your search results. So it's it's happening in different fashions and in different ways, but it's happening nonetheless. Yeah, I will also say using a device that uses the internet, <laughs> you are pretty much producing data and the data isn't just floating around in the cyberspace, right? I'd rather it is a categorized and monetized by companies um, that made that device or that website or that app. And companies sell your data, impressions, clicks, links that you follow, how long you stay on a site. All of that information is being collected. And then that information is then being used in some fashion. But with privacy concerns being more in the public eye lately, um, I think companies are giving you a little bit more control or perceived control and more options to opt out. Again, you can in some cases opt out, but by doing so, you either relinquish your access to a site altogether or you drastically reduce the experience. And those were all done purposefully, in my opinion. So when you opt out of data collection and sharing, um, and then, you know, you start to write, or we have like policy, policies of privacy policies, I should say, that's more accessible. Um, and then giving us like more plain language options <laughs> to opt out, right? Because some of that stuff is really written in, in jargon, in which we just sometimes don't understand of how they put it together. So while I can say that I am definitely thrilled with how much every move is being monetized or monitored for a personal and a better experience. When it comes to big data, um, I am definitely cautious because over time, tracking information, they can start to then get to the next level, which is start to predict what we want, right? And start to feed us information that we didn't even know we wanted because now we they have collected so much information on us. There's a clear, distinct pattern to who we are. And that is where AI kicks in and start to give us things. I do think it gets a little bit dangerous in that arena. And I would like to be as, as cautious as, as much as possible, though I would love to like be in a scenario that like in the minority report where I think it was Tom Cruise walking into a store and when he walked in, um, there's cameras all in front, the front entrance and they scan his eyes as he walked in. Cause there's really no way to avoid your eyes getting scanned in that movie. And immediately they knew what he purchased last time, what he was looking for last time, similar to how we do on our sites and apps now. Um, so this movie was like really forward back then. And 
they pretty much was ushering him to a certain department because that they knew pretty much what he needed. And though that could be really sweet and awesome to have that level of customer service, damn, it could be very dangerous to have that much information of you being tracked. And I mean, who can't really fight it at this point because really, I mean, we provide a lot of our self or who we are online. So at this point, our digital footprint is out there. It's just now I think, how do we preserve where we are and try our best to limit um, our personal data, right? I mean, I grant, I get, I get it. Like when it comes to like my photo and videos of who I am, that's fine. I, for me, that's okay. I've, you know, at some point will pass away and hopefully this is an air quote legacy of who I am and was and can be used in that fashion. Um, but when it comes to like the data side of it, it becomes a little too much and I don't want to be controlled over certain information. So, okay, friends, good chat. Uh, do you consent? <laughs> hopefully you do consent, but not voluntarily. So until next week, remember, positive vibes leads to positive energy. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.